Thank you for listening to this week's Freedom Church podcast. We hope it helps and inspires you. Now, I've got this theory that for me, sometimes when you preach, you can make the assumption, or people seated listening make the assumption that the person preaching has all the answers and everyone seated has all the questions. The truth is we're in this together. So I want to kind of sit and go, actually, this is something about us all. We need to get rooted in Christ. And um, I can't wait for next week when we get to hear from Paul, who's going to get baptised. If you want to get baptised, well, I'd love to hear from you. I love hearing those baptism stories. It was great to hear Alice's story today, 21 years later. Isn't God good? Isn't God good? So I want to talk about getting rooted. I don't want you to think about when you think about the term roots. Maybe you're feeling about your hair roots. Maybe you're worried your, your roots need dying. I mean, not, not everyone here needs to be dying, do, do they, Zara? I mean, that's, that's extreme. Uh, maybe you think about roots, you think about, um, you think about your family history. Maybe you, you're proud of your Irish roots or your Scottish roots or any kind of roots. Don't mention the Welsh. Um, or maybe you think roots, maybe you're thinking after Christmas you need to go visit the dentist because you need some root canal work. Roots. Or maybe you think about your feelings and about deep-rooted hurts. I don't know what kind of roots you think when we think about roots. But we want to spend some time in the next few weeks talking about the roots and using the analogy of a tree. A tree requires roots. We've got our lovely new uh, design. Thank you, Hannah, for this. For this year, we have our tree, uh, which got bought this week off Amazon. There we go. It's a very impressive-looking tree. I wonder how it looked like in six months' time. Um, but the idea of this analogy of a tree, you know, there's a great Chinese proverb that says this. It says, the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago. The second best time is today. The best time is 20 years ago. The second best time is today. And I, I want to encourage us to start today. Let's think, what can we do today? What does it mean to be rooted? So this analogy of a tree, if we go on to the next screen, Levi, I can't see the screen, but it's there somewhere. Wonderful. So the idea of this tree, if you look at the tree, there's three sections to it. There's the, there's, the, uh, there's the roots, there's the trunk, and then there's the branches. And this image gives us a great uh, sort of analogy of the roots being in Christ, that we need to be rooted in Christ, that if we're connected to Christ, he is our source. The trunk is being rooted in the church, which we're going to do next Week, a place of connection with one another, a place of family and community. And then lastly, these branches where we see the fruit, how we express who we are. And that's our outreach into the community, affecting the world around us. We're going to look at those three aspects over the next three weeks. This idea of being rooted in Christ, rooted in the church, and rooted in community. And I love this imagery because if you, if you think about it, if your roots are really small your tree will fall over. If you're not rooted in Christ as a follower of Jesus, you'll fall over. You won't manage to survive. If your connection to the church community, if you have a skinny trunk, I know some of you are thinking, I'd love to have a skinny trunk. <laughs> if you have a skinny trunk as a tree, you'll snap, you'll break. We need each other. Exactly as Nicola was saying, get yourself to church. If you, if you need some help and support, get yourself into community, which we'll cover more next week. And the third thing is if we have poor fruits, if we have no purpose, if we're trees, we may be rooted in Christ, we may be going along to a local church, but if we are not producing any fruits, then as a tree, we are 
worthless. We have no point. And we might as well create a piece of furniture out of it and make some use of it at a seat or a table or something. And we need to be balanced as Christians to have roots in our, in our faith, in Christ, roots in our community, roots in the church. Those three things together create a healthy um, follower of Christ. So the analogy of a tree can be quite helpful. Now, all analogies, we all know this, are limited, but bear with me as we go through the next few weeks. I love the bit that Tim brought in that spoken word. I'm going to read it to you. Uh, it won't be as good as what he did, I'm sure. But this, he said this for this particular piece. He said, one God, rooted further into one God, deeper, further, stronger, closer. Spirit, prayer, worship, word. I'll do the hands. All about Jesus through and through. Jesus center in all we do. See the roots of his love break through concrete hearts. See the roots of his grace bind together broken parts. Fresh starts. A different view. God, come and do something new. Who'd like to see God come and do something new? It's a new year, a new beginning, new starts. I love this sense of new seasons we have each year as we begin. But I think it's so important as we start this year, we talk about getting our foundations rooted in Christ. For anything else, for our activity, our service, our behavior, anything we talk about the person that we're rooted into. Before we talk about what we do, we talk about who we are connected into. Colossians 2 verse 7 says this. Um, let's go yeah, from verse, seven, verse 6. And now, just as you accepted Christ as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him. Let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. Let your roots grow into him. It's good advice, isn't it, there? When we moved to Romsey now, almost just over four years ago, we bought ourselves a three-bedroom house and decided we've got a large family. We built a three, bought a three-bedroom house and we decided to extend it. And we've now got a five-bedroom house. We've it was a more economical way we thought of doing it. So we bought this house, and within three months of moving in, we had the builder on site digging all the trenches. And he dug all the trenches, and he'd gone down about 1.2 meters. He'd gone down just over a meter, and he dug the trench. If you know where we live in Richmond Lane in Romsey, it gets quite wet. And this was October 2000, where are we, 13. And in October 2013, it was, there was water running down the hill in Richmond Lane. And he dug the trenches, and they were starting to fall in. And he said, we need to get the concrete in the ground quickly before these trenches start collapsing. So uh, those of you who have ever done any building work know we had to call in the local authority to come and assess that what our builder had dug was correct, that we could actually have the foundations put in, and it was suitable for the, the house we were building. So the local authority guy came along with his clipboard and pen, and he had a look, and he went, mm, yeah, all good. And then he stood up on the hill and looked down at our foundations, and he spied the other side of our fence that our neighbor had some plants that were not going to be good for our foundations. And he said, I'm afraid there's some bad news. The plants your neighbors have, is, is gonna, they're going to damage your foundations, and you need to dig down another meter before I can let you build your foundations. At this point, my builder was getting a little bit worried because he said, A, the digger doesn't go down that far. 
And secondly, if I dig down that far, the trenches will literally just collapse on top of themselves. And, and this is going to be a real problem. This could set the whole thing back some time. I said to this, this poor guy from the local, health, uh, local authority, I said, is there anything I can do? And I wasn't trying to bribe him. I just like, oh, what can I do? And he said, well, I said, can I, I said to him, I said, can, can I get the neighbors to trim the trees down? He said, well, I've seen them now. I can't not, not see them. I said, well, what can we do? He said, well, if you can get your neighbors to pull up those plants, then you can keep the foundations as they are. Now, we'd been in the house for three months, and I hadn't really met the neighbors next door. They're an elderly couple in their 80s, lovely couple, Dr. Allen and his wife. And I, I thought, okay, fine. So I went around, I knocked on their door. And I said, hello, I'm, I'm Sim, I'm from next door. We've not really met properly yet. Good to meet you. I've, I've got a big request. He said, oh, that's nice. He said, to be honest with you, I'm exhausted. I said, oh, what, what's happened? He said, well, we just got back from holiday, and it's all gone a bit wrong. We've been fishing in Scotland, and it was a poor time fishing, and our car broke down. We got back at 4 o'clock this morning on the back of a pickup truck. And I was like, oh, dear. Um, you know, and he was like, you know, and I was thinking, this is not a good time. I am not setting myself up for a win. And I was like, I know this is not a really great time, I said, but is there any chance that we've just had this situation? Could we remove the plants overlooking our, our house? And either because he was very tired, very gracious, or the power of God moved upon him, I'm not too sure which, but he went, yeah, that's, that's fine. He was like, well, that, yes, please, do help yourself. Now, what he probably didn't realize, within about three minutes of him saying that, my builder ripped up the fence, drove his JCB digger into their garden, grabbed hold of their plants, and ripped them out of the ground within about 10 minutes. And then he said, great. And the, the local guy was like, authority said, great, you can now fill in the trenches. But the thing was, those, those plants were fine. But the roots... The unseen things would have done great damage to our foundations. You know, the one thing I've learned about when we get to New Year's and making new changes is if you want to change something on what you see, you have to make changes with something you can't see. If, if you want to set yourself to, to run the cap marathon this April, the half marathon, you'll have to go training at times where no one's going to see you. They'll see you on the day running the race, but they'll never see you training. If you want to make changes in your, in your physical health, you might have to go and do things where, while no one else is looking. You know, you talk about the sneaky bits of Christmas cake, of leftovers. No one sees them, but it still affects your body. And if we want to make changes with what people see, we have to start with things that people can't see. The roots are really important. I did a little bit of studying this week because I must say I am not a gardener. I, I literally, when we moved into a house, I said, Lottie, could we... Could we get rid of the grass and put down plastic turf? I know some of you think, what, what outrageous. Imagine how much time you'd save over the years mowing your lawn. I thought it was a cracking idea, but my wife thought that real grass was better. And guess who won that conversation? But I looked it up, and it says this. So the purpose of roots, and I'm reading this out of you know, the, the World Wide Web, so it must be true. The purpose of roots is to find sources of water and nutrients. It gives... The tree life, it gives the tree strength. It requires, um, it requires that sort of sourcing out of water. It sort of looks for it. It tries to find it. And I also discovered, you know, I always thought there was, that, 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 that the roots were always mirrored the top of the tree. I always thought that the tree was like, the, you know, upside down. It was like a mirror image below. But it's not true. Sorry to bust your bubble. Your roots are always bigger than the tree. All right, and I, I've got facts here, okay? A, a tree has roots approximately the distance from the trunk 
as the height of the tree. So if you have a 10 meter high tree, just easy with the maths, all right, then you have 10 meter roots that go outwards in every single direction. A few of you are nodding here. Norman knows these sort of things. You're nodding. Good. I'm on, I'm on the right track. So you have a 10 meter high tree. You have 10 meter wide roots. But here's the thing. Every 10 years, the roots halve again. So instead of having, in 10 years' time, a 10-meter tree will have 15-meter-wide roots. And the longer the tree grows and the healthier it is, the wider and wider and wider the, the roots go. I thought roots went down. You know, they go more along than they go down. Tree roots tend not to go down more than about a meter or so, but they go along. If you've ever done some digging in your garden, which I don't really try and do, but you may have come across tree roots a long way from the tree which is why we had to have that conversation around foundations of our house, because tree roots can travel a long way and do a lot of damage. Now, obviously, the tree roots depend upon the, the, the environment it finds itself in and where it can find those nutrients and its water. But tree roots travel a long way, and they are there to give, give health to the tree. The tree cannot survive without its roots, and the tree is completely dependent upon the environment that it is planted in. Think about that. It's completely dependent upon its environment. If you have a tree planted in poor soil or in poor conditions, it will not grow healthy. I know some of you think, yeah, that's not rocket science, but, but think about it. If it's not planted in good environment, it will not grow healthy. It will not grow well. The Bible says a few things about being rooted. It says a few th- verse I'll pull out here from Jeremiah 17 says this. Blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. Blessed are those who trust in God. You'll be like a tree that's going to be, I'm okay. Because I'm rooted in him. And then Romans 11 from the message version says this. And Paul here is talking about getting saved, about God's incredible mercy. And he says this at the end of, of Romans 11. Behind and underneath all this, there is a holy, God-planted, God-tended root. If the primary root of the tree is holy, there's bound to be some holy fruit. If your roots are holy... Your fruit's going to be holy. And then in verse 8, he says this. I love this phrase. Remember, you aren't feeding the root. The root is feeding you. Getting, getting rooted in Christ isn't actually about, isn't about helping God out in some way. He's going to provide everything you need. The tree puts its roots down into soil, and the soil's nutrients and water and oxygen feed the tree. In the same way as we put our roots into God, he feeds us. If you want healthy fruit, you need healthy roots. If you want healthy fruit, you need healthy roots. Now, I've been thinking this week, how do I put this across to you this morning? How do I make what actually in many respects is a standard part of faith for thousands of years, being rooted in our creator God? How do I make this exciting, sexy, interesting, fascinating, that pulls you in? You know, if we, if we try and um, think about, you know, a gym every year, the gyms try and promote themselves and tell you, come along to the gym. How do they do it? They don't say, if you go to the gym, you'll feel better. 
No one uses that as an advert, do they? Come to our gym and you'll feel okay. Come to our gym every morning for an hour, sweat a bit and you'll be better. What they do is this. They put out a massive poster of a picture of a very young, good-looking girl or guy. And they say, do you want to look like this? I mean, really, it's a lie, let's be honest. But do you want to look like this and come to the gym and you too can have this beach-ready body? And go, oh, we all go, fantastic. And in January, the gyms are full. And in February, they put all the rented machinery away. But the thing is, I can't really put up and say to you, this is what you'll look like. This is how it will be. But I know this for a fact, that if you want to express and encounter and experience the fruits of the Spirit, which we're going to be talking about in February and March, if you want to express the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control that Jesus says we can have, we are filled with the Holy Spirit. If you want to have those things in your life, if you want to have peace in your family home, if you want to experience love in a relationship, if you want to understand what it means to be patient with your children, then I want to say you need to get rooted in Christ. Because fruits come from roots. And if we get rooted into him, we'll have the benefit of the fruits of who he is. The Bible tells that by, his, by your fruits, you'll be known. By the way that you act, the attitudes that you have, the way you treat people, you'll be known. And your fruits come because of your roots. Does that make sense? Is that helpful? Because I know I was looking at this going, this is like, this is, this is like the 101 of Christianity. Seriously, Sim, you're going to try and repackage this up and make people go, oh, this is a great idea, wow. But we need to be people who want to have fruits of the Spirit. We've got to start by being rooted into our source, into our creator, and all those kind of things. That's awkward. Um, um, Zach, you couldn't pass me my charging... Ca- uh, I know, some of you are going, you should have used paper. I know, I know. It's all right, you look... Yeah. Your Luddards out there going, yes, if you didn't use an iPad, you'd be fine, Sim. I'll plug it in. <laughs> oh, still doesn't work. You've got to connect it to the source. Think about it, people. Oh, look, it works. It's amazing. You see, here's the thing. As followers of Jesus Christ... You can be disconnected for a season. The battery will last so long. But there will come a moment when you realize you've become disconnected. There will come a moment where you go, I'm not doing what I used to do. I'm not behaving how I used to behave. The fruits will start to dry up because you become disconnected. And I know many Christians who think they can live a solo life. I can be a follower of Christ, but I can never talk to him, read about him, discover more of him, love him, worship him. I'm okay. I went to Sunday school when I was younger. I went on an alpha course. I'm good. But actually, this is really essential stuff. And if we become disconnected from the source, we start to be impacted. Our fruit reduces. Our, our ability to do what God's called us to do slows down. And we can only last so long before we need to be reconnected to the source himself. That's why getting into our roots is so important. That's why, you know, that example of, 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 of the, the parable of the sower in, in three of the Gospels where, where Jesus tells a story about the man who goes and sows seeds. And the seeds that are successful are the ones that find good soil. We need to find good soil to plant ourselves in healthy environments. I want to ask the question this morning, what environment are you in this morning? What are you spending your time 
doing? What are you investing with what you've got? We've all got 24 hours a day. How are you using those days? If you want to see uh, changes in your life, you want to see fruit coming, then you need to be rooted in Christ. We need to find those nutrients, that water, that oxygen that only God brings. You see, roots, I believe, come from routine. I mean, the, the, the words don't actually connect at all. I tried to make them, they don't, but they sound the same. But if you want to create healthy roots into Christ, I believe you have to create healthy routines. Healthy routines bring, form healthy habits. Healthy habits change the way you live. One small change can make one massive difference. Roots equal routine. If you want to have roots into Christ, I would encourage you to start creating healthy routines and habits. Have you ever heard of the phrase of muscle memory? Muscle memory. Muscle memory works in two different ways. Um, the first muscle memory is this, is that if you, say for instance, you know, like, like me, regularly go to the gym, but then have a slight lapse, and you don't go for a while because you, um, why is everyone laughing when I said that? That's really quite rude. Um, but maybe you, you've built up some muscle, you've built up, you've, you've become an experienced runner, or you're active, and then you stop. For, maybe you got injured, or you just had a life change, or whatever it might be, and you stop going to the gym, or you stop doing those exercises. Your muscle retains the memory of your ex when you used to exercise. So the, if you have six months off and you go back to the gym, or back to running, or back to whatever activity you used to do, there's a quick return to your muscle memory. Your memory, your muscles have physical kind of, like, you know, they have, I don't know, stuff in there. I could tell you the terms. I looked it up on Google. But it's like, it remembers what it used to be like. That's why you hear about some of those well-known female sort of long-distance runners that pause to have a baby and then somehow get back in shape within, like, minutes of giving birth. And every, and every sort of mum in the house goes, how does that work? Because they've got muscle memory. They used to be fit and healthy. They let it lapse, and the muscles actually have memory inside of them. The other way muscle memory works is this. Many of you this morning got in your car, drove here, and don't really know how you started your car or how you got here. <laughs> Think about it. How does the car start? I just get in it, just, I don't know, I just do it. You have muscle memory. You all know that if there's like any gap or moment in your day, before you know it, you've pulled out your phone and you're flicking through with your thumb. You have muscle memory. And the brain's very clever. It remembers some of your routine habits, and it makes them into a quick thing that gets to a different part of your brain, and you don't have to think about it anymore. Rather than when you first time you ever got into a car and you were learning to drive, everything's quite complicated, isn't it? You know, I remember that moment I got into third gear. I thought, I'm out of control. You know, and now you're just driving on the road and don't really think about, how did I get to this point? Maybe it's just me. That's worrying for my neighbours. But the idea of muscle memory is also something that can work with our spiritual habits as well. Because maybe when you were younger, you learned parts of scripture. Maybe you, you remembered different bits of the word of God. And you might think, I can never do that again. Listen, if you, if you started doing that again, it wouldn't take long for the muscle memory to kick in and you to remember some of those chunks of scripture you learned when you were younger. I also know that spiritual muscle memory works if you start creating habits and you become a part of your routine and your everyday, it becomes normal. It becomes something you feed on regularly. A small change in your routine can make a big change in your roots. You know, children, when they learn memory verses, often can learn very easily. It's harder when you get older. Proverbs says this, train up a child in the way he should go, and even when he is old, he will not depart from it. 
Parents, if you've got small children, invest in them now. Give them spiritual habits now. Don't wait till it's too late. Give, you, give them every opportunity. Anything, I've missed the chance. Today is a good day to start again. Think about how can we invest in our children because when they grow old, they will not depart from it. Create those habits. Create your normal activities. If you are a Christian today and you call yourself a follower of Christ, start creating healthy habits if you haven't done already. 1 Timothy says this, Have nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths. Rather, train yourself for godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way as it holds promise for the present life and for the life to come. Train yourself for godliness. Train yourself. It doesn't just happen. There's not some sort of magic. I know these days everyone wants to go, can I just buy an app for that? Can I download something for that? Can I, can I pay some money and have some personal spiritual trainer fix me? Train yourself for godliness. You are responsible for your healthy well-being as well as your spiritual healthy well-being. And I, I want to say here, can I, I, I want to almost apologize to maybe our younger generation and maybe those who are new in faith. I think in recent church times, we have, we have negated some of the, the routines and habits that our forefathers used to do. I think we've, we've stopped encouraging people to read the word of God. I think it's like something we hope that people will do. We've assumed the biosmosis, that you'll read it because someone else does. I think we haven't really promoted prayer the way we should have done. I think we haven't talked about some of these habits because well, they, they're old-fashioned. That's what my grandparents used to do. Kneeling by the side of your bed. How quaint. How old-fashioned. Can I say for thousands of years, the followers of God have spent time and energy reading his words, praying regularly, and showing their love for him through their worship. That's what they've done. And, and I want to say I'm sorry if we haven't promoted that. If we haven't talked about that. If I've assumed that everyone knows that. But it's not always the case. And I want to put to you today three things that I want to put to you. At the beginning of 2018, you need to start doing if you're not already. It's really simple. Read, pray, and worship. Read, pray, and worship. Read your Bible. I don't know a better way of saying it than just read your Bible. Read your Bible. Read it. I don't care whether you use one of these ones, a, a real one, or whether you use a, an app. I, I, I use a, the uversion.com. I, I read it every day. I've been reading my Bible through in a year for the last I don't know, five or six years. Sometimes it's a load of, oh, really? What was that all about? And then you get into some other stuff, and it's great. And some days I'm just scanning it. Other days I'm like, it is giving me rich nutrients and water and oxygen. And I am rooted. Read the word of God. Get stuck in. It doesn't matter whether you read a verse a day. But do read it. I don't mind if you try the old flick it and find it. I don't mind. You know, whether you follow some kind of book. I mean, Lottie's doing the soul survivor thing for young people. She's doing that version at the moment. And she's loving it. She's like, what, January the 7th. She's like, I'm on 100% at the moment. And whatever works for you, find a way of reading the Bible. Find a way of doing it. Use a children's Bible. I had an adult, somebody, some time ago, came to see me and said, the only way I can do it is by reading a children's Bible. It's all too complicated. Read a children's Bible. Just read the Word of God. Find a way to do it. Read it regularly. Come and join me on version. We can be like Bible buddies. All right? We can interact and find ways. Just whatever works for you. Uh, Nikki Gumbel has a great thing called Bible in One Year uh, with a little commentary. And Get hold of those things, but read the Bible. 
Read the Bible. Train yourself for godliness. The other thing is about prayer. You know, if, if, if the Bible is, is our way of discovering who God is, and if you ever wanted to meet a famous person, you think, I'll, I'll read their autobiography, then you would read about God. Who is God? Where did he come from? What has he done for us? Hear the story of Israel, the, the people of God who followed his ways, the Jesus, where he came from and what he did and what he said. It's all in here. But what if someone said, you can actually talk to that famous person you'd like to meet? That's prayer. Don't just read your Bible, but also pray. Pray regularly. Pray regularly. You know, prayer is a conversation. We mustn't make it in some kind of spiritual thing that starts with dear Jesus and ends in amen. It can just be, God, help me. Do it when you're driving, but don't close your eyes, is what I always say. Because there's always that dead time you're driving from A to B. And I think, well, I'll pray now. Find a time to pray regularly. I don't know how your life works, your routine works. Find time to pray. I have a system on my phone. I'm sorry, I use gadgets. And at midday, I get a little buzz and up comes on my phone and things to pray for. And many of you in this church are on my prayer app. And I remember to pray for you in regular times. I spend time praying for my church, for my family, for the challenges I've got. For, for, I pray for people overseas and people like Serve Direct and Links International. I, I pray. Pray regularly. Find a way to it. It doesn't matter if it's not very kind of clever. Just pray. Just pray, blurt out words. God doesn't mind what you say. He just wants to hear from you. He just wants to relate to you. And lastly, worship. Worship God. And we've made this into a weird context, worshipping God. I had this lovely moment a few years ago, and I'd invited a a Methodist minister to come and speak in my church. And uh, he said to me, he said, when do you want me to speak? I said, could you speak after the worship? And he looked at me with a really strange face. What? Huzzah. See, in Methodist churches, your whole service is the worship time. And the idea of speaking after worship meant you spoke when everyone went home. But in our language, worship requires a guitar. Worship requires a room full of people. But I read a great book last summer that talks about the nine different ways we worship. And I've discovered there are different ways of worshiping, and everyone in this room will have different preferences. And you know what? It's all good. Some of you, your worship will be, you'll, you'll just love to walking and experiencing God through nature. You'll love the, I mean, I've got a friend of mine, Lee, who listens to my podcast every week, walks his dog, prays, listens to podcasts, and that's his worship. And how highly, if you're listening right now, you've got that little message. Beautiful. You owe me some money. Anyway, moving on. But maybe that's how you do. You kind of, you, you, you feel God through the nature. Maybe you feel God through isolation. The idea of being by yourself in a quiet space works for you. For some of you, you need the big noise, the big community. That's how you do worship. For some of you, you see worship of God through the arts, through beautiful things. You think, wow, God, you're amazing. Look what people have created in your name. And we've got different ways of doing that. Maybe through caring for people. Maybe through loving those in need. That's how you do your worship. And I'm going to send this around to all the connect groups so you can do this. There's an online test you can do to see which style of worship you prefer. You probably already know. If you're the person who loves contemplating God's love, you know that you prefer that over, you know, the bigger and the louder the band, the better. We have different ways of worshipping. Can I encourage you to worship distinctively? To worship in a way that's distinctive to you. To find ways of expressing your love for God. Say, God, you're amazing. And I'm going to express my love for you by admiring a painting, 
by listening to some great music, by walking around the local woods, by interacting with somebody who's in need and helping by serving them, by making somebody a cake and taking it round to the house. I'm going to worship you in different ways. Read regularly. Read the Bible. Pray regularly. Worship distinctly. We're almost out of time. Let's get the band up to give you all a bit of hope. That's what they are for, aren't they? They go, oh, he's about to finish. The truth is we all have already formed habits in our lives. We all have our own routines. We all have our own ways of doing things. Some of them are more healthy than others. Let's make our start of 2018 a place of starting healthy habits. You know, we often talk about saying that everything grows, but not everything grows healthy. I want to encourage you today, as the start of 2018, to put a stake in the ground like you do with a new tree. So let's, let's help train ourselves in godliness. Let's start by reading your Bible, praying regularly, worshipping distinctly. Let's do that. And the last thing I want to say is this. From, oh, is from 1 Corinthians 3. And this is Paul writing to a church in Corinth. He's saying this. Who's Apollos? Who is Paul? We are only God's servants through whom you believe the good news. Each of us did the work the Lord gave us. I planted the seed in your hearts and Apollos wanted it. But it was God who made us grow. You know, we can do whatever we can do, but God is the one that creates growth. We have a responsibility to train ourselves in godliness. God will make the difference. In the same way that a gardener can create the best environment for a tree, they can plant it in good soil. They can water it regularly. But ultimately, the tree is relying upon the God who provides the sun, the wind, and the rain, how that tree grows. You and I have responsibility to train ourselves in godliness. We do what we can do and trust God with the rest. The best time to have done this was 20 years ago. The second best time is right now. Let's be people who are rooted in Christ, who are committed to him, to read, to pray, to worship. Let's get rooted. Amen. Let's stand and worship him. For more information about Freedom Church, please go to www.freedomchurch.uk. Thank you for listening.